With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The best heavy metal and hard rock anywhere. Live from Blog Talk Radio's multi-million dollar broadcasting facilities, the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. With your host, Mike the Big Cheese. All right, we're back. Another Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show, and we got a great one for you tonight. Bruce Franklin of Chicago's Trouble is my guest. Bruce will be calling in in about an hour or so. Let's kick things off for a little trouble. At the end of my days.
had a little trouble at the end of my days, and Bruce will be calling in in about 45 minutes or so. I think my buddy Tommy's there. Yes, good evening. What's going on? Long time no see. Yeah. How you been? All right, pretty good. Not, not much chance since last night. That's good. Yeah. No indigestion, no diarrhea? No, nothing. Uh, the Mexican food went down, uh, it went down out, all right. It comes it's out right come out the away. same way last night, but uh, <laughs> all right today. comes out all right. It sure does. And we got a great show today. Bruce Franklin's calling in. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love that sound Trouble has. Always have. Yep, yep. Sort of Sabbath. But it's not, you know. No, it exactly. Its own, it has its own vibe. You know, obviously, you know, without Sabbath, they would have a different sound. But it's very psychedelic, uh, almost like a band that came around, came up around the time of Sabbath. Know what I'm saying? Well, it's been 30 years of trouble. There you go. It's a long time, right? don't seem like it, but uh, I remember getting that first demo tape back in like 80, 81. And it just, time just flew by real fast, but... That's life, right? It don't stop or slow down for nobody. No, no, not at all. All right, so I'm looking forward to talking to Bruce. I've been a big fan of the band for most of those 30 years, so it'd be great having him call in. But, hey, we know we talked last night about that Rock on Wild. They canceled that. The festival was just shut down. Right. They canceled it. But they uh, they took everything off the website. There's no way of uh, just leave. They have a lawyer's number up there for people to get their money back. And some people are in for big money for that show. I mean, a couple hundred dollar ticket. You know, people that travel, the airfare and, and uh, hotels. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're saying that it's the casino's fault. They don't want to host the event or anything like that. But they had their own place to put it in before they uh, they moved it. I mean, didn't they have a contract with this place before they uprooted it from one part of Iowa to another? I don't know. I don't know, but I know a lot of people out of money are going to be real pissed off. But, you know, look, that festival, 90% of what was on that festival was all washed up hair bands. The same bands that pretty much played a couple of weeks prior to that in Rocklahoma. Yeah. You know, how many people want to travel out to the Midwest to see, you know, hand metal bands over four days? It's just a shame that, you know, the, the few people that did, you know. Maybe if they would have had a better lineup, they would have had better. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? You know what I mean? No one really knows because, like you said, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's there's no explanation. No, right? nothing. There's just, just a link to... You go to the website now, it's shut down. A lawyer's name and number comes. I say contact, uh, you know, this law firm. But that's about it, so... Thank There's going to be a lot of phone calls coming into that place, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, well, too bad for them. I feel bad. You know, I know it sucks losing all that money, but hopefully they'll get reimbursed somehow. But what are we going to do? I hope they get some of it back. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But you know what? We can't worry about that. we got our own metal going on here today. That's right. All right. We so had the keep... festival. <laughs> That's right. That's right, right here. So we're going to keep that ball rolling. Coming up in Brooklyn, New Jersey, and a whole bunch coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Motorhead's coming to New York and the Primal Fear. Yep. Wow. A lot of good shows coming up at the end of the summer and uh, going into the fall, so I'm looking forward to all that. Definitely. Definitely. All right, well, you know what? We're going to head over to the U.K. right now. Okay. Little Avenger, some Death Race 2000. All right.
some Avenger, that's the Avenger from the United Kingdom. Not the German band with Death Race 2000 off the Bloodsport record. That band was originally formed with uh, Brian Ross from uh, Blitzkrieg and Satan. Really? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I know they recorded one song called Hot and Heavy Express. It was on like a neat compilation. And he might have been on the demo. I'm not sure. I, there's really no information on that. But uh, wow. I got that demo tape. I just don't know if he's on it or not. Interesting. So that was some good stuff. Interesting, interesting. Very interesting, right? Useless information you didn't need to know. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey I hear you. Someone out there is make, taking notes. That's right. Oh, I hope so. I know it isn't me. I know it isn't you. <laughs> well, I know last week uh, Nikki wanted to hear uh, Sepultura. Oh, right. uh, She's not in here right now, but uh, she listened to the show later on. We're going to get a little Sepultura off of it. We're going to go way back. I think she wanted to hear something uh, off the newer albums, but uh, we're going to go to the Morbid Visions record. This is a little mayhem. Right.
uh, a little separatoro with Mayhem off of Morbid Visions. The band came a long way from those first two records, the Morbid Vision album and the Bichon Invasion one, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it sounds like two different bands. Two different bands. That's some I good really like the KSAD uh, era. That's right. You wanted to hear something off of KSAD. I, I know somebody said it. I couldn't remember who. Yeah, no big deal. No, yeah, we'll get that on in another week or two. Yeah, to me, I wish they could have stayed there, you know. I, it's my just my preference. Yeah. But, um, you know, they started the bloody roots, you know, the roots. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Eh. What the hell, but... Hey, that's what makes the world go round, you know. That's right. That's what I say all the time. I always say that. that. We've got, uh, got something good coming up in, uh, in our area, in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I think it's in two weeks, August 22nd, Friday night, right. at Duff's in Brooklyn, in uh, Waynesburg. Oh. Yeah, uh, friends of the show, Whiplash, are going to have the record release party there that night. Oh. So you get to meet and greet the band, uh, check out the new album, and uh, maybe probably pick up a copy over there before you leave. So Very it's going to cool. be a pretty cool event. That'll be at Duff's in Brooklyn on August 22nd. I believe it starts around 8 o'clock, and it's 21 or over only, so... Uh, no little cages at the show that night. It's not really a show. It's just a well, meet and greet yeah, and the record release party. Tiny but place, you know. Yeah, so... Uh, but, uh, it's a bar uh, with a nice little outdoor area. If yeah. uh, the weather should be nice, you can have a burger oh, yeah. and a beer and uh, hear the new Whiplash album. Yeah, That's right. So the Metalheads are going to take over that day and we're going to be listening to Unborn Again. It's, uh, I mean, I've heard all the songs on it. It's going to be a great record. This goes right back to Whiplash's early days, so I'm looking forward to them getting that out there for everybody. Sounds and uh, we'll probably be there that night, that Saturday, so I'll, I could probably make it to that. I'm going to send them a little email and them know, and uh, I'll keep announcing it, you know, until the, the day of the show. Well, the I day guess of, they'll, uh, send, they'll send the limo for us, right? When? The limo. They'll send the limo Oh, for without us. a doubt. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go with them. They have a hearse, actually. Yeah, uh, they're, they're coming from Jersey, so we'll have them pick us up on the way through. That's all. There you go. Duff's you're, not far, you know, you're not far from there, so we'll stop yeah. out here, and then we'll come get you, and we'll, uh, yeah, I'll just stand on we'll the head corner, over there. Stand on the corner, thumb a ride. That's all. <laughs> That'll be a great night. And last night, we were talking about the Saxon documentary. It's called yeah, Heavy Metal Thunder. Heavy Metal Thunder. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's going to be hitting a whole 30 years of the band. Uh, old wow. video clips, interviews with old members, you know, the present cool. members, so that's looking pretty good. and Lemmy and... Campbell and Mickey D and Harvey Goldsmith, whoever that is, Danko Jones, another I great band, Danko Jones, man, you got to add them once in a while, Danko Jones, they kind of got like a rock, a hard rock uh, vibe, oh yeah, uh, they're very good, uh, the guy reminds me uh, the way he sings, the way he uh, sounds like um, Phil Lynott of uh, Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy, yeah, uh, and they have like a hard rock, it's good. Good stuff. Danko Jones. Yeah, Very good. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that documentary. Yeah, that looks good. Heavy metal. It's nice that all these metal bands are putting out these documentaries now and these movies. You know, it's, uh, it's good to see all this stuff again. Well, you know what it is? It, you know, the, the, all this stuff, all this footage is probably together, but they need money. You know, somebody's got to put that money together. Yeah. And uh, they see the success of the Anvil movie, so they say, yeah, well, I'll invest, you know. Why not? It should be pretty good. It's the, the guy that made that made the Ian Gillen one, which I saw, and that was a uh, that was a really good documentary. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Should be cool. It should be good. It should be out soon. Hopefully, Sax. I know they'll do out on tour in uh, October and November, or September and October, out in Germany, then in the UK with Anvil opening up for them. Another yeah. band who's riding the wave of the documentary that they Excellent. put out. So Excellent. hopefully, it'll get back to. It'd be nice to see the two of them on tour here in America. So I'm hoping uh, you know it happens, and you know that should be good. And uh, but while we're over, we're talking about Europe, and I know they're going to Germany. How about we get on a little German band for you here? You know what the Shamrock guy says? Everything's made better in Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So how about a little grave digger? This is Play Your Game. All right. <laughs> 
Digger over there with Play Your Game and Kill off the Reaper record. We listened to some Grave Digger last night, right, buddy? Yeah, Ryan Gold yeah. album. You forget how good some of that stuff is. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, without a doubt, they, they, they've, been, they've been going at it since they've the been 80s. I mean, every, along, yeah. Yeah, every couple of years, putting out a new record, they keep playing. You know, it's one or two original members of different guys in the band, but they keep chugging away. Dang. They keep putting out that same, you know, that same old sound of metal record, so you can't beat it. Hey, as long as you keep going, man, you know, and keep it, keep keep the vibe going. You keep 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 that metal going. That's what I say. Well, All right, well, you know what? We got one more song left from our metal on metal. Uh, metal I'm all tongue tied today. Metal on from metal. our metal on metal records uh, contract, we're contractually obligated to play these songs every week. No, but we've been every week we've been playing it an artist by the metal on metal records label. Uh, it's a great label out of Italy who's been. They're bringing all these newer bands into the fold that have that classic 80s metal sound. Uh, we've played just about every one of the bands. We've been doing this since May. Tonight we got the last band on the label for now. But when they sign newer bands, we'll keep playing them. And this is another one of our Sunday Night Spotlight features. And this week it's a band called Brutal Hand. Tremendous band out of Denver. Okay. Uh, this is off the Unchained the World record. And they're working on something new right now for Metal on Metal Records. And uh, So we'll get this on here. And if you head over to the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot, there's more info on the band for you there. But this is Brutal Hand with Bloodthirst.
Here you go, a little metal on metal recording artist, Brutal Hand with Bloodthirst off the Unchained the World record from 2006. I know they're working on some new stuff for that label right now. And, you know, head over to metalonmetalrecords.com. They're a great label. Dozens of tremendous bands on there. All that great 80s vibe. I think yeah. I said the word great about nine times in those two minutes. That's all right. But right now, that's the last uh, the last thoughts we have for Metal on Metal. But we're going into an agreement with Warner Brothers Records, so uh, that's pretty good. So we have the okay to play their songs on the show. And we're going to feature a lot of their artists in the next few weeks uh, that are on. I wish I could remember the name of the sub-label for them, but... Uh, it just slipped my mind right now. I, think, I want to say it's Black Dragon Records. I'm not too sure, but... All right. Yeah, we're going to start featuring their artists next week. they got about a dozen, maybe 13 or 14 artists well, that play the kind of metal that we like, yeah, so... Uh, we, we can jumpstart the economy, you know? That's, that's what we're going to try to do. Well, at least the metal economy. <laughs> hey, what the hell, right? If you get a few of them on there and uh, people listen to them, well, why not? What the hell? Exactly. That's what I say, but 30 minutes from now, Bruce Franklin from Trouble will be calling in. I know I mentioned on the Wednesday show last week we were supposed to have uh, Rob Thorne and Kenny Evans of Sacred Oath on, but we had bad weather here in New York, and uh, they're in Connecticut. They're only like an hour and a half away from us, and, sure. and knocked out the phone lines over there, the power lines, so they weren't able to call in. So they apologized, but they're both going to be calling in in two weeks on the 30th. So uh, we'll get everything I want to talk to them about on in a couple of weeks. So a little delay over there, but they're still calling in. So Okay, that's good. But right now it's all about trouble tonight and Bruce Franklin yeah. and... I know they just came back uh, from WAC, and they did the, uh, the festival over there just last week. Right. Uh, so we got a lot to talk to him about. And, you know, until he comes on, we'll get one or two more Trouble songs on in a little bit. But right now it's time for our demolition segment. Every week I feature a classic demo from the 1980s. And if you head over to the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot, uh, the link is right here on the homepage. Uh, you could download a copy of that demo. And uh, this week we're going to feature Sacred Blade. I don't know, you remember these guys? Sacred Blade. Sacred yeah, Blade. I they, they put seeing the album covers. Yeah, they put one record out in the, I think it was 1986. Yeah, uh, It was mostly demo tapes. They put out about a dozen demo tapes. They were out of uh, British uh, Columbia, Vancouver. Okay. Uh, they were really good. Uh, everything with them was based on the stars and space, and uh, they were a really good band, but they just, you know, never, nothing ever came out of it with them. But, but they, they were really famous for the demo tapes. They changed the name of the band a few uh, years ago to Otherworld. Oh, and uh, I think they've actually had more success under that name, even though probably nobody's ever heard of that either. But, yeah, really. You know, they have a really good band. They have some good music. And in 86, they put out their only record of The Sun and the Moon. Okay. So uh, we're going to get a copy of... Uh, we're going to go to the first demo tape right now. And uh, we'll play a song off of that. I just got to uh, bring it up over here. I'm uh, losing control of the switchboard today. Is that right? Yeah, you know, these things happen, right? What are you going to do? Yeah. So uh, like I said, anybody wants a copy of this demo tape, head over to the block spot and download it. Off their first demo, that's what we're giving out today, three-song demo, and this is Hammerhead.
little sacred blade, a little hammerhead. You know, these, most of these demo tapes are ripped from my cassettes. Some right. I get from another site I contribute to with some friends of mine. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're from the 80s, not the greatest sound and stuff, but they're rare. So, you know, if you want to get a copy, head over to the blog spot and download them. Didn't sound too bad. Nah, so some are low. better than others, you know, so but low, what are you going to do? Uh, it's yeah, like from 1982, I mean, come on. Sure. And cassettes been sitting in my garage for, for 20-something years, you know? Right. So what are you going to do? Sure. But uh, enough of the stuff nobody's heard of. How about we get something on that I'm sure a lot of people heard of. And we got Bruce calling in about 20 minutes. So how about a little Judas Priest? Right. Beyond the realms of death. Oh.
classic Judas Priest, Beyond the Realms of Death. And that goes out to LC. I know Judas Priest is a favorite, so that's for her little metal god over there, Rob Halford. His voice still sounds great after all these years, no? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Amazing. He did this one uh, this uh, on the new live album. Yeah. Um, forgot the name of it. <laughs> A touch of evil. You should hey, know that. Touch of evil. That's what it. kind of metalhead are you? Uh, a tired one. All right, I hear you. It's only 6 o'clock. It's 6.41. Yeah. Time for bed already, huh? No, not for bed. Just had a few drinks with dinner. Well, I mean, what are you doing? You're only sitting on your couch talking on the phone. How hard can that be? <laughs> no, you're probably not even, not even holding the phone. No, I, I, I forgot my earphone today. Oh, okay, all right. We'll let that slide then, but we got Bruce Franklin of Trouble calling in in 15 minutes. So how about we get on a little side project? There's a band called Super Shine, a band he formed in the late 90s uh, with Doug Pinnock of King's X on, on vocals and I believe bass or guitar. Bass. Doug is a bass player. Bass player and singer. And singer. Yeah, I know he sings on the record. And uh, this is one of Bruce's side projects. Uh, hopefully he'll put something else out. I mean, I know he's busy with Trouble and everything else right now. And uh, sure. you know, we'll find out for sure when he comes on. But I bet we do a little super shine. It's off their only record. A song called Kingdom Come. Good song. Lower the TV in your background. Show.
Super Shine with Kingdom Come, a band that Bruce was in. Uh, Jeff from uh, Trouble is also in the band, the drummer, but he's not in Trouble uh, anymore. He left a little while ago, too, and uh, and Doug from King's X. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got a lot to say there, I tell you. No, I, I just had you muted for a second there. I'm trying to all right, all right. Noise. Okay. All right, we got some people in the chat room who uh, are Eric Wagner fans, uh, and so am I. I think Eric was great with the band, but he's not with them anymore, so, yeah, know. you know, life moves on. So, you know, we haven't really heard any new stuff for Corey yet, like, you know, the new record coming out. I've heard the And I was a big though. fan of Corey's from Warrior Soul. He was like, he's an intense singer. Is yeah. he right? Is, you know, was he, uh, you're not going to get Eric with him. You're not going to get any, you know, you're never going to replace a singer with somebody that sounds just like him, unless you journey. Yeah, this is true. But, but, you know, he's going to bring a whole new vibe to the band, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Okay. We'll give it a yeah. shot. Yeah, what the hell, right? <laughs> as long as Bruce, right. Bruce is playing guitar. All right, well, Bruce will be uh, calling in about 10 minutes, so we've got time for one or two more songs. So uh, how about a little Warlord? You know, I, think I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't think I played them at all on the show since uh, we started the show last year, so uh, let's, uh, let's do that. How about a little Warlord? This is uh, off the last record. Uh, I think it was from 2006. Maybe a little earlier than i got to check for sure. But this is Battle of the Living Dead.
All right, a little Warlord, Battle of the Living Dead, off the Rising Out of the Ashes record. Uh, we got about eight more minutes. I got time for maybe one more song, then we'll start playing some Trouble. Okay. And we'll get more Trouble on after we're done talking with Bruce a little, a little later. So let me see. You know what? You got me going with Accept. I listened to your Metalhead United show last week with uh, your multiple versions of Fast as a Shark. Yeah. So I went back and listened to a little Accept from Restless and Wild. So how about a little Flash Rockin' Man? All right. Sounds good. All right, here's Accept from the Restless and Wild record. Flesh Rockin' Man.
Accept with Flesh, Rock and Mantle for Restless and Wild. Uh, speaking of Accept, David Reese did a brief stint with the band in the in the mid '80s. Uh, he's going to be our guest in two weeks on the twenty. Uh, the twenty third of August, he'll be calling in, and he's got his new solo record coming out. Uh, David was also a Bangalore Choir and a lot of other bands, so. Uh, I'll have him on in two weeks, but tonight we got Bruce Franklin of Trouble calling in. The band's been around celebrating their 30 years in heavy metal. So uh, how about we get a little more trouble on before Bruce calls in and we start talking. Okay. So let me see. How about we go off the last record, Simple My Condition, a little mind bender.
trouble with a little mind bender, and I, my special guest is on the line right now. Bruce, you there? Yeah, I'm there. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's doing great, buddy. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday evening. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, so, as I've been saying throughout the show, you guys are going into your 30th year. You're in your 30th year in heavy metal. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, old, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, actually, middle of July this year, 2009, marked 30 years when uh, actually uh, Rick Wartell, Eric Wagner, and myself joined together. So, yep. Did you ever think it'd go that long? Uh, well, I don't think you think in terms of that when you're that young. Yeah. Um, we, I think we thought we'd be around for a while. I don't know if we ever thought this long. Uh, 30 years is a long time. Too bad there's no pension plan in this music because you've qualified yeah. already. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I got a lot of, most of the fans of the show are classic metal fans like us from, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. There's a lot of young kids that are listening in too. So we'll go back a little bit to the beginning just so they can get an idea of the band. Like you said before, you know, you, Rick and Eric started the band. Early on in the, in the day, you had Ian and Jeff on bass and uh, drums. And Jeff has basically been with the band, you know, up until now. He just left recently in a little stint back in the, I think, the 80s, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he left to go to music college um, in the 80s. And he was actually gone for hmm, probably a good eight years at that time. Yeah. But then he came back, yeah. And so, yeah, for many of the years, he's been in the band. That's good. And I know when he did leave, you had a few guys in and out, but you had Barry Stern from Metro playing with you for a while. Barry right. was a, a tremendous drummer himself. Monster drummer. Yeah, uh, it's a very, shame, you know, what happened. But Yeah, I'm very underrated as a drummer. I, you know, I've played with a lot of drummers. I've seen a lot of drummers play with a lot of drummers. He's one of the best ever. So. Yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a tremendous talent. Metro, another band from your area, they, they were a mighty band back then also with you guys. Yep. Yep, Barry, yeah, what Barry did before he joined Trouble, yeah. They yeah. called it street metal. That's right, yep, street metal, coined that term. Yeah. And going back to, the, you know, Chicago back in the 80s, you had a lot of great bands in the area at the time, all, you know, all getting started around the same time as you guys did. Was the scene, you know, pretty happening over there back then? Yeah, you know, in the early 80s, it was a pretty healthy scene in Chicago, and uh, for whatever reason, it seemed to be kind of like, what everybody's calling doom now there seemed to be quite a few bands in that direction yeah and th there was just a really good heavy metal scene lots of clubs and people playing all the time um you know i don't know not every, not all the bands lasted 30 years but at, no. the, time, <laughs> at the time it was a, a really cool scene yeah you're, you're one of the few and i came across you guys like in 80 81 with your first demo tape but you know i used to be a demo tape trader back then and that's how I got a hold of you guys. I remember that was such a great demo with Demon's Call and Child of Tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's how far back I, you know, I go with you know, listening to your music. And that, yeah, I, that's the very first recorded uh, yeah. Trouble. That That's actually even before Oli uh, was in the band. That's a, That was like uh, the, the original drummer. Wow, so that's really, that's really going back. But I, I, I remember having all those tapes, and I, I couldn't wait for that first record to come out back then. And, I remember people always described me as a Christian metal band and a white metal band back in the days, and I never, I never saw that. I mean, I know a lot of the lyrics, you know, were based around Christianity, but not every song. And you never like, you know, force it down your people's throat like, like a striper. And yeah. did it ever bother you having that label? Because well, there's so much more than that, and I, I never really got that connect. I mean, I could see it with some of the lyrics, but you never projected that image totally. It was, you were just a heavy, heavy band. 
Right. Well, yeah, it's too bad uh, most people didn't see it the way you saw it because that's probably the most accurate way to describe it. But, um, you know, a lot of people saw some of, some of you know, lyrics based on Bible stuff or Christian things and just thought that was so weird for metal, so they tagged us. Oh, that's that Christian band, you know. Yeah, I remember that. Everything was white metal. White metal was the big term back then. It was well, like white, and, you know, was and you know, white metal. That was that was uh, Metal Blade got that started. Oh, did, is that where that came from? Or either that, or at least they jumped on the bandwagon and really yeah. promoted it, and they used that as a term to promote Trouble, just to stand apart from other bands, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you know, could have helped or maybe even hurt us, to, to, you know, in some people's eyes. Yeah, because people take everything literally. And back in the 80s, especially towards the mid-80s, everybody seemed to have to label every type of music with something, from thrash to speed to black. It couldn't just be heavy metal anymore. Everybody had to, like, carve their own little niche and, right. and, and get into that. I think that's one of the things that helped bring it down faster than anything else, even more than the hand metal. Everybody became divided amongst themselves, like what kind of metal they were listening to. Right, right. And, and I, you know what, I think maybe even today there's still... in descriptions of bands there there may be uh you know may be divided but i don't think the listening audience are so divided as they used to be i i, I was just talking about uh, told you that i was going to play at wacken and you know we played there last weekend in germany at the metal fest and i saw people getting into you know like cathedral and then getting into bullet for my valentine yeah like completely two different bands but like people were just you know, into metal in general, and it wasn't, you know, wasn't the divided kind of thing you're talking about. I know, and uh, I see that a lot. Like, we were watching clips on uh, VH1 Classics, showing clips from the Download Festival, which back in, I think, in the 80s, was Castle Donington. I think it was the same festival. They changed the name, and you look at a lot of these European festivals, and it's like you said, you'll have, like, all, all kinds of rock and metal mixed together on the same bill. I mean, sometimes not even, like, like hard rock, and right. the fans just stay there, and they, get, they, they support every band during that show. And they're there, but you come to this country, and I know a few weeks ago we had Rocklahoma out in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they were saying the turnout was dismal for a lot of bands. I know it was like 100 degrees out in the middle of uh, you know, a farm somewhere, and that, that's probably one of the reasons too, but we just don't have that support here no more for the bands. And it's like, if you're not in my niche, I won't, you know, I'm not going to be bothered. There's no mass support anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, I was, I've just been talking to some people about that also, about the, the health of metal in the states and it's just you know a bigger thing and way more healthy scene in europe for whatever reason i don't know but um, it's too bad because it used to be the other way around um you used to rule in america you know exactly exactly it's, it's a shame you know you would think like with the internet today there's such easy access to you know all the bands and new ones old ones you know, it's so much easier for, for fans and people to find you guys. You would think it would show, like, and, but it just doesn't. And hopefully it'll get healthier. I mean, our metal is starting to come back more and more now. You know, we had a rough rough patch in the 90s, you know, but yeah. it, it's getting strong. And hopefully, you know, we get more of the younger kids out there again and some of the old times that get off the couch and, and get the hell back out again and support <laughs> you guys and all the other bands when you're out there playing because, you know, you're doing it for us. You're performing for us to enjoy, and we should all be out there during these shows. Yeah, well, that's part of the thing, yeah. I mean, you, if you talk about people that were your fans, you know, 20, 25 years ago, how many of them, uh, yeah, are still going out to concerts? I understand that, but, uh, you know, it needs to regenerate with the, you know, the younger generation. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, hopefully this will do it, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys will help bring some of that back. Uh, I know you're working on a new record right now. Maybe we'll hold off on that for a little bit. We'll keep going down the line. Okay. Uh, in the 90s, you signed with Def, uh, Def America, and that must have been a big shot because they were they were a big label, and they could probably give you a lot more support than Metal Blade ever could. Right. Well, exactly. That's uh, We heard that uh, Rick Rubin, who you know headed up that label, was interested in us, and we got a hold of him and talked to him, and he ended up signing the band. And, yeah, it, that was a major label. And it was a big step for us at the time, you know, a, a label that had resources to actually promote the band and, and fund us to tour and, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. So, yeah, that was a major jump to our career. We probably, you know, more than tripled our sales, you know, with the first record we put out on that label. Yeah, that was uh, Trouble. I think uh, you had with Jeff Trouble and Manic Frustration that you did with uh, Deaf American, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, did, did Rick produce those albums, or one of them? Um, he, well, the first record he had more to do with than the second one. Um, I would say the first record was co-produced with Trouble. I forget what it says on the record. It may just say produced by Rick Rubin, but I would say in actuality it was produced by Rick Rubin and Trouble. And then Manic Frustration, he didn't have as much to do with, although he did mix the record. Um, so he could get a, you know a little bit of the credit there. Yeah, because uh, he's you know he, he lately he's produced a new Metallica and he's uh, he's produced a new Slayer record. But I mean I don't care for the sound quality of the two of them. I listen to the older stuff he did. You know I know it was a different era, a different time, and there's different equipment being used now. But I just don't care for the way he's uh, you know the sound he's coming up with now. And then I listen to like Manic Frustration and Trouble. I said I know he had his hand in some of that. Mm-hmm. And you know what a different you know what a different sound. And I know it's has to do with the band and you and the music, but he's just like on a different level now with the way he's producing things. It's a very, very compressed and tinny sound. Yeah. I don't know if you heard any of the newest stuff he's doing. I haven't heard the new Slayer, but I have heard the Metallica, and yeah, I wasn't, um, I thought some of the songs were good, but I wasn't real thrilled with, with the, the production. production. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, but uh, I know you guys are going to be working on a new record. Uh, the, your last record, Simple Mind Condition. I think it was one of your best records ever. After all the years in the business, that was one of the best. It took me forever to find it. It was really yeah. hard to find that record. I know probably had trouble with the record label at the time, but it was difficult to find that. But if you can get a hold of it, and hopefully you'll be able to get that released uh, all over, because that's, that's one of your best records ever. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I wouldn't say it's our best, but I would say one of our best. I'd agree with that. Um, and also, um, if I'm not mistaken, there is an actual release date for that in the States, finally. Oh, uh, great. First week of September, I want to say. Um, so it's finally supposed to be released here in the States. So Excellent. Two and a half years later. Yeah, better late than never, especially yeah. with that. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, that was the first record you guys put out in quite a while. I mean, this is Plastic Greenhead. It was about seven right. or eight years. Yeah. So to hear, that, to hear that sound again, you know, and as powerful as it was in that record, and it just has such a psychedelic vibe, that whole record. You know, it's just, uh, I, I really got into it. It was great when I finally was able to get a hold of it. I'm glad that everybody's going to have that opportunity uh, real soon, a couple of weeks. Right, right. Yeah, that, when people that haven't heard that record ask about it, I, I say if you're a Trouble fan, you won't be disappointed. Because, I mean, I know it's good enough that it, it was a very good record. And so if you're a Trouble fan, there's no way you'd be disappointed. Yeah, that's a good We just played Mindbender before you called in off that album, and uh, I'll get some more on later on, but... I'm glad everybody's going to have a chance to finally hear that. Uh, right now, i got Tommy on the line. I think he wants to ask you a question. Tommy, you out there? 
Hey, how you doing, Bruce? All right, yo, I'm with Bruce. Hey, what's happening, Tommy? Hey, big, big fan since uh, the uh, Metal Massacre 4, the one track. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, your career through me uh, with Metal Blade and then the Deaf American stuff and some of the newer stuff, too. Uh, although, uh, it's very like, like Mike said, it's very hard to find. Yeah, that sound, um, like we were saying, you know, obviously Sabbath is of influence, but there's there's something altogether different. Um, it's like something psych like psychedelic, and it's like you, you grew up in the same era as these bands, you know, like the Deep mm -hmm. Purples and, you know, the Sabbath, and I mean, you just have that, you know. But you were obviously a lot younger, and uh, was... Uh, did you have like a older brother or a father that was into that stuff, or was it just <laughs> the neighborhood or the guys that you hung out with? Um, I had a cousin, I guess, that probably got me started um, on that music. Yeah. Seventy-one uh, was probably when I started getting into the heavy stuff, and he turned me on to Purple and Alice Cooper and Justin right. Tull and yeah, the early that. Alice Cooper stuff. Yeah, was yeah, great. Yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, the up like you know up to like. Um, you know, killers and uh, yeah, yeah, that was great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when and I was also just learning to play guitar then. Mm -hmm. So you know, not only was I listening to it, I was starting to learn how to play to it, and so obviously it had a huge that music had a huge influence on yeah. it. Yeah, and we love your sound too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guitar player also. I love Flying V's and SG's, and uh, uh, you you play a Ibanez rock and roll. Yep. That's your main, one of your main, you have one, two? I have two of them. Two of them, right? Yeah. I haven't played the one, I haven't played them in a, in a while. My main V that I used, um, the pickup went went bad in it and kind of lost the sound that uh -huh. I used to have. So I haven't played that so much lately, and I've been playing that SG in the, the last special? five years or so. Is huh? that an original? Like a 60, yeah, it's a, 60? it's a 64 original, wow. yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. I'm more impressed that you know how many guitars he has. What, are you stalking him? <laughs> well, I just told you, I'm a V and... and I don't know, if I were you, Bruce, fan. I closed the blinds on your window. I think this guy's uh, <laughs> I think this guy's peeking in. I saw you down, um, the very first time we saw you was a college, uh, I think it was in New York University. I don't know if you remember that show. The handful of people there, and we were just in the front, just banging our heads. What year? Uh, I guess uh, it was probably... Um, just when the Deaf American album yeah, came out. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It was a great show. Um, and to see you on a small, you know, a small, you know, small stage, it sucked that you didn't have many people there. But whoever was there, even if they didn't know you, they were fans after that. Because we, we would, like, you know, telling everybody, you know, where to go to get your records, zigzag records in Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> you know, in the <laughs> village and shit, you know. But, yeah, I uh, remember that show. It was it was a fun show. Yeah, excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Okay, I'll stand by and listen. Thank you very much. Thank All you. right, that was Tommy calling in. Uh, he's a big fan of yours, like a lot of people are, and you have such a distinctive sound. I mean, when people hear Slayer, they know it's Slayer. When people hear Saturday, when people hear your guitar sound, they know it's trouble. I mean, you and Rick together. I mean, it's a combination. Yeah. yeah. And you right. guys have been playing together for all these years. How do you go? You guys get together to write songs still, or you just you know come up with your stuff and throw together? Um, probably for the most part, we write separately. Um, I know, especially for the new record we've been working on, Rick's been writing music and I've been writing music, and so um, we haven't done much together. 
And o- over the years, we hadn't really written a whole lot of songs together. We have some. You know, there might be a couple songs each album that we ri- would write that way, but usually it's like somebody would bring their own music and then, you know, work out the vocals and lyrics to that. Yeah. And you can always tell your songs on the record. Uh, they're very distinctive. You guys, uh, you put out the Unplug record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's something different. I mean, that was getting big back in the day. A lot of people unplugged, and, and you guys put out this. And they had those songs acoustically. It was phenomenal. Was it something you always wanted to do, or you just, you know, came up with the idea and said, hey, let's go for this? I tell you what, that was Eric Wagner's idea. Really? And, and I remember when he said it, I remember saying, what's the point of doing that? Who's going to want to hear that? <laughs> but we went ahead and did it. And and by the time the recording was done, I was like, you know, this is pretty good. I, you know, I guess it was a good idea. And yeah, so yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't really on board in the beginning, but by the end, uh, you know, I I thought it was a pretty good uh, product. Yeah, it definitely sounds great. And they had those songs like that, and, and a whole different take on it. And it's really really good. And I'm sure over the years in the band, there's a lot of things each guy is going to disagree with that you know you don't think is going to work alike and. I guess in the end it all works out somehow with the music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. My take on it was I was just wondering, you know, what fans would uh, if they would if fans would be interested in that, and uh, and obviously if diehard Trouble fans are usually interested in anything we do. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, actually, um, we were just selling that on the website. And now that that's actually been released as a an actual release with some bonus tracks in in Europe. Um, on uh, on label, um, oh, the name's escaping me right now, but it was released in Europe. I'm sure I'll have the links up to that after the show, so everybody can find out where all your stuff is at, and they can get a hold of it. And that's great. And since we're talking about Eric, you guys and Eric parted. It's not the first time; it's happened before. You guys parted ways again. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened, happened. Corey's in the band now. How are things working out with that? Uh, pretty good. I mean, we knew that. You know, when somebody has been in the band for all those years and the only singer, really, that anybody's ever known for trouble leaves, we knew it would be tough for people to accept somebody new. But I think um, it's people are starting to come around, especially the shows we do in Europe. People seem to have really accepted Corey. And so, yeah, we're just pushing forward. We And we think, you know, releasing a new record with him singing on it will be a huge you know, boost because he, it's not him singing somebody else's songs. It'll be, you know, of course. his own stuff. Yeah, that's a big thing too. Because, like I said, people are so used to Eric all those years and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Gonna, and Corey's a tr- like even when I heard he was going to join the band, I was like, I don't know how that's going to work out. Because I was a big fan of Warrior Soul. I love his voice, but you don't put the two together. Right. But then I heard some of the clips on YouTube and on your site. I'm like, you know, this, this sounds pretty good. You know, people just got to give it, give it a chance like anything else. So when Paul Diano left Maiden, they weren't going to make it. You know, Brian Johnson, ACDC. And look what happened. It all works. People just got to get into it. They got to hear it. And when the new stuff comes out, I think that's what people are going to be surprised. Right. Well, that, that'll that be the proof in the pudding, you know. that yeah. that That's where, you know, you'll really be able to tell, you know, whether this is working or not. And we think it's, you know, we think it's going to work, so. It should, and uh, you guys just came back from uh, from Germany. How'd that work out? Uh, really good. Yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. Fun weekend. Got to meet a lot of people. Uh, you know, talked talking with some old friends and different bands, and had a great show. Really nice response from the crowd. So enjoyed it. 
It's nice, nice to get away from <laughs> from home for a few days too. Yeah, sure. But you're going back in uh, September and October. You're doing a whole tour out there with Pentagram, and I think you have some shows with Candlemas also. Right. Yep. Yeah, we're starting uh, in Sweden with Candlemas and doing a few shows with them, and then picking up um, doing the rest of Europe with Pentagram. They're calling it the Doom Over Europe tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That should be good. And uh, you're also doing the the Hand of Doom Festival. Um, yeah, is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the last shows on your your tour. I thought it was um, Masters of Doom. Masters of Doom is close. Because <laughs> uh, I think there is a, a festival called Hand of Doom. Okay. Oh, that's the Stoner Rock Hand of Doom. That's in Maryland. Okay, all right. Stoner Rock Hand of, see, that's what, I mean, I'm getting confused myself. But, yeah, we're playing, uh, I think it's called Masters of Doom. And it's in okay. Right. And I know that show, you're playing with, Death Row is playing with you. Right. And Eric is actually singing for, that, for Death Row for that one show. Right, right. You know, I just saw Eric uh, like about three days ago, like right after I got back from walking, and I was talking to him about that. And yeah, he's gonna be—he's working on the Death Row stuff and gonna sing. I don't know if it's gonna be anything more than that, but it, and he's doing that show at least with them. So that'll be pretty wild. People are gonna see Trouble, you know, with the new singer, and they're gonna see Death Row with a new singer. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking because we had Joe Hasselvander on a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying that it's just a one-off show that they were doing. Uh, he wanted to get out there and do some death row stuff again with their old bass player. And uh, I don't know how it worked out that he uh, that ever got involved with that. But it's just a one-off show, according to him, because okay. he's busy with the Raven and, and everything else he's got going on. Yeah, yeah. So that that should be fun. But you're going to yeah. be out there for about a good month or so over in Europe doing a lot of shows. So that, that should be all right, getting away for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, we always have a great time over there. We love touring in Europe and fans are great over there so yeah we're really looking forward to it so how are things working out with the new record on uh, the dark riff uh what are we expecting with that um i'm expecting um well i some of the people you've seen you've seen uh some stuff in print where are saying you know it's going to be super heavy doom record and there is going to be some of that but let me also say there's still going to be some groove stuff too um i would say you know, there's going to be a mix of stuff. There, there's definitely a few heavy doom songs though, um, and then there's some of the deaf American style kind of groove, like at the end of my days kind of stuff also. That sounds good, and, and Corey will be involved with this pretty much from the beginning, I guess. So, he'll be able to put his own stamp on the music and really define what he's going to be with the band, and that should be pretty good. Yep. And I've heard uh, we've we've demoed some of these songs, and I've heard three songs where he just threw up a you know a one take vocal just to get an idea, and yeah, it sounded to me like it's actually going to work. Um, it, it was pretty cool. So that's good. That's good. Is he having any trouble with the older Trouble songs? Uh, just you know, getting it down, or you gonna have a good mix of everything coming up? I know when he joined, it was like almost like a last minute thing. Cause you guys were about ready to go out and start playing. Right, and he probably had to cram in half a dozen of better songs in a short right. period of time. Yeah, the toughest thing for him is remembering the words. Sure, yeah, that's, that's a lot of songs. Yeah, but uh, that was tough for Eric to do too, and he wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of that right. <laughs> Different circumstances, I'm sure too. Yeah, yeah, but that should be good. And I, uh, you know, like I said, Corey's a tremendous vocalist, uh, from even from the Warrior Soul, and he was another band I remember seeing too. Uh, something with Dig, I can't remember. Big Dig, I don't know, he was in another band toy. Oh, Dirty Dig? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Dirty Dig, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not too far off tonight on some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was the last band he had been doing, like, a yeah. few years ago, yeah. 
Yeah, we saw them here in New York a, a while ago, and they they were a pretty good rocking band. So things are gonna work out good with that. But moving away from trouble for a little bit, how about we talk about some of your other stuff like Super Shine. Yeah, anything in the future coming up with that with you and Doug? And I know Jeff was playing in that with you also, but uh, I guess not anymore, right? Um, yeah, pr- probably not on the on the next thing we do. And actually, I just uh, sent Doug uh, some music to to work. Some vocal stuff too uh, recently. Actually, um, we Kings X came to town. You know, I live in Chicago. And K- Kings X came through town on tour, and that's the band Doug's in. And yeah. uh, so we got to hook up and talk a little bit. And I gave him some music, uh, asked him to work on some stuff, and he's doing that right now. So hopefully, we'll uh, be putting out another record within a year. So. Yeah, it's been a long time since the last record, and uh, right. we we played we played uh, Kingdom Come off that before. And when you're sitting on the right, do you like like you have to separate like you know this is something that would work with Kingdom Come or Trouble, you know the the completely different bands. Do you like you know have a focus on one or the other, or you just write something and you know which way it would go better with? So like I'll save that for Super Shine. I know it's be better than Trouble. Yeah, kind of like that. But at the time I did the first Super Shine record, that that was when Trouble kind of had split up already. So I was just writing whatever, and I knew it was going to be for Super yeah. Shine. But nowadays, yeah, like now that Trouble, I'm writing stuff for Trouble and for Super Shine. I, I kind of try to think in that mode. And they're, and the musically, they're not. I don't think they're like a ton different, but but there's subtle differences. Um, and but just the way Doug approaches the vocals, you know, make make them make the song so much different anyway. Yeah, we were talking about that before in the chat room. Uh, just the solo on his voice and that groove he has on his bass, yeah. brings and your guitar riffs. It just brings it creates a whole new atmosphere to the music, and it's, uh, we love that. And I know another band you were with for a while. I don't know if it's a band or if it was a project, but Generation. Uh, you you did that for a little bit. Yeah, that was Brutal just, hand. Um, yeah, it wasn't a band. It was a project, and that was really something that I was just hired to play on. I okay. Didn't, I didn't write any of the songs, um, and we never played a live show. But um, yeah, and and I, somebody had uh, sent me a message on my MySpace talking about that, and you know they were saying as soon as, as soon as they heard it, they knew it was me. And you know I sent back a message laughing, saying, "Well, I didn't write any of these songs, so I don't know how you knew it was me." But but yeah, I guess, I guess you could still hear that guitar sound coming through. Yeah, you have a very distinctive guitar sound, but that that project is extremely industrial. I mean, yeah, the, the sound in that. I mean, I wouldn't have recognized it at first. You know, I, I would have to sit there over and over again playing it. I was gonna get a song out today, but I was like, this is so. This is. I mean, I, I think it's some great stuff, but it's so far off the chart compared to the stuff that you normally do. Right, right. And that, yeah, and and I, that's yeah, wouldn't be something that would have been my uh, inkling to start. You know, but they. Some people I knew asked me if I would play on it, and I was like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I got nothing else going on right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's some pretty wild stuff. Uh, that's the Brutal Hand record, and th- that's some some pretty pretty outrageous stuff. But so for, what, that, what, for that style, for Industrial, I thought it was a pretty good record, actually. Yeah, because there's some stuff that's really out there with, <laughs> in that style of music. But, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. That was very hard to find. So when, when, when do we think we're going to get a release date for the Dark Riff? Is it going to be this year? Um, no, no. Um, I think we're hoping to start recording in November or maybe December, but yeah, it won't be out until 2010. And we're hoping to get it released like in late, late uh, spring, to you know, tour in the spring and in the summer. Yeah. 
Any plans on going anywhere else in the, the U.S. after you finish with the European dates? Uh, where's, like, Trouble's biggest stronghold right now? I heard you're pretty big in Ohio. Yeah, Cleveland's always been good for us. Um, yeah, but we're not doing um, any more live dates after these European shows this year. We're going to concentrate on, uh, on recording this record and then, you know, come out. Once it's released, come out and do some stuff. But, yeah, we seem to do fairly well on um, on the East Coast and, you know, through, like, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, in New York, um, certain markets in New York. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be through there next year. Well, that would be great. Good to see you here in New York. It's been a long time since you've been over this way. Well, last summer we came. Oh, that's right, BB Kings. You played. I forgot all about that. Well, that I was, was on vacation. Two, that that was two years ago. But we two came years ago last, already. My God. We came through last summer with Corey, um, and obviously not a lot of people uh, heard about it because the shows were nowhere near as uh, well attended as the year before, like when we played at BB Kings. I didn't even know you played in New York last year. That's how uh, it wasn't even promoted. You, where'd you play? Do you remember? We played the Knitting Factory. Oh, Manhattan, okay, yeah. And then we played another place, too. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like a theater, almost, it's not a theater, but kind of like a bigger place. Like, uh, well, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, there's a whole right. bunch of places in uh, in New York City, but they, would, they weren't even promoted where people would even know. No, I, I, I know. In this area. I mean, and that's it, the shame yeah, of it all. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was obviously a, um, a bad booking agent, so... <laughs> Uh, there's, there's quite a few of them out there. I'm sure you guys yeah. learned that over the years. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a real happy tour. Um, it seemed to go that way a lot. And, yeah, I talked to people later and said, oh, you played in our town? We didn't even know about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just said that, and I, and I live here. Yeah. I didn't even know. I remember the B.B. King show, but I, was, I wasn't here that week. But I, I didn't even know this year. So, uh, but the next time you do come to town, I'll be promoting for you, so don't worry about it. I'll make okay. sure everybody hears about it. All right. And we'll get that place packed in if we can. So we're looking forward to definitely seeing you guys over here and everywhere else. Tommy, you got anything else you want to ask, Bruce? No, that's it. I'm just sitting back listening. You know, uh, do you have any uh, labels that are interested in it, in it yet? Uh, the new album, Dark Riff, or uh, not yet? You never really shopped it. Yeah, no, well, actually. You're still recording, actually. So yeah. that would probably answer my question. <laughs> yeah, no, a- yeah, actually, uh, uh, the the label that released the last record that had so many financial problems has kind of been restructured and and, oh, and uh, reinvested in by other people and and they want to release it okay and great it's not a done deal with them but um i they definitely want to release it and i would say better than 50 percent that that they'll be the ones releasing it and and they they have distribution and everything uh in the states happening cool. now so. they got yeah, they got all their business sorted out and restructured and reinvested. So that's what it's looking like it's going to come out. Um, and that's Escaping Music, which was the label. Okay. Do you think it's uh, do you think it's still important for bands to be signed to labels or, you know, the do-it-yourself approach is taking hold with more and more bands? Do you think, you know, which way do you feel is better for a band to go these days? Uh, that's a good question, boy. The music business has changed so much. Yeah. And wow. It, you know, it could be either way. Um, I would say, you know, if a label is willing to, you know, give you the money that's worthwhile and actually pump money into promoting and, and working the band, then, I, you know, it's it's worthwhile to be on a label. But to just be on a label and, you know, not make 
money, really too much money, and not get a lot of promotion put in, then, you know, it's like, what's the point? You might as well do it yourself the way you can do everything on the Internet now, put everything in your own pocket, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true, because, you know, the support and the big labels are pretty much gone, especially for metal. Uh, There's a lot of small independent labels that are doing a lot of great job for a lot of bands out there. Like I said, most of the bands are going that route, just putting out their own stuff and doing the best they can to get it out there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll work out. But over your 30 years, any regrets? In the music business, I mean. Yeah, well, I, probably, I don't know. You know, you always, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they yeah. say. Um, you know, we actually chose to leave Deaf American because um, we thought we could get more money, and we did get more money. But we never had the label support that we had with Deaf American. That's one of my regrets. I think uh, we should have stayed with them because they were into the band, and uh, you know we would have done at least another record or two with them. You know, and so that uh, there's probably quite a few <laughs> the longer I think about it, but that's one of the major ones. Besides the show, too, right? Again with that line, everybody calls in. Uh, this is like the low light in the career calling into the show. It's my big joke, Eric. Uh, Bruce, sorry. My big you don't even know who you're talking to. Go. go. All right. I was just hang up the phone or if I hang up on you. All right. All right. Yeah, hang up on you. Don't listen to him. All right, Bruce, I really appreciate you calling over. I had a really good time talking with you. I'm looking forward to the new record and Simple Mind Condition. will be coming out in the next few weeks, so everybody's going to get a, an opportunity who hasn't heard it in the last year or two to, to finally get to hear that great record. Cool. Yeah. So well, looking forward to that. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate you calling in. I'm gonna, I gotta play a couple more of your songs before we close out the show in a few minutes. But uh, what do you feel like? Can I get something uh, heavy on? Or how about something with the unplugged record? Um, sure. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to think what, you know, Requiem. I think was one of the ones that came out really well on that album. It's it's, okay. he- it's heavy mood. You know, if not heavy sound. Yeah. You know, if you know what I mean. I know exactly. You know, for just the one song I didn't upload. <laughs> <laughs> on the show. So, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That's the one song I didn't upload today to play on the show. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so how about I do Mythic here? I got that lined up. Okay. All right. Bruce, thank you very much for calling in. I'll have all the links up to your pages, and anybody who wants to get in touch with you can do so where? Um, well, you can do the, the, my MySpace, um, and also through the Trouble. You know, if you go to Trouble MySpace, which is Trouble Chicago. Or NewTrouble.com. Yeah, or NewTrouble.com. That's the band's uh, own website, and there's merchandise and stuff there and tour dates and all that kind of stuff. Excellent. Great. I'll put those links up on the page right after the show so everybody can find you guys. Just keep it going, and even if singers don't work out, just do an instrumental album, man. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you guys are great, man. (laughs) Yeah, all heavy guitar, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Like a Satriani type thing. That would be amazing. You know, you do the melody line, uh, the vocal line with the guitars, you know. Sure. Two great guitar players. Excellent. Hey, that's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. All right, everybody. Bruce Frank of Trouble. Thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate you calling in today. All right, thanks. All right, this is off the band's latest record, Unplugged. This is a song called Mythic Hero.
trouble with Mystic Hero. All right, Tommy. Yeah, very heavy vibe to that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you did it. You did a good job tonight, you. Yeah, I try again. I try. I always try. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I always try to put my foot in my mouth. You do. You did a fine job. That's all right. People understand. I'm sure they do. All right. How about we get one more trouble song on, and then we'll play a few other things before we close out. Let's pick up the pace a little bit with Assassin. All right. Trouble with Assassin off their first record from 1984. And then again, that record was just called Trouble. Then it became Psalm 9. I guess after the later record came out, they called it Trouble. Um, well, the first CD I had in the corner, uh, the CD, the first record, I mean vinyl record I had, 
I believe it said Psalm 9 in the corner. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, but yeah. don't remember, like I said, I'm like an elephant, I don't remember everything, it's been a long time. Yeah, no, that's good stuff, man. All right, you know what I wanted to get on? Uh, I just started playing it recently, uh, Ronnie Monroe, his new solo record. Okay. I'm sure he's going to put a lot more time and effort into to the solo project now that Metal yeah, Church has kind of uh, packed it in, you know, but I, I tell you, it's not a bad record, you know? I played as Dan Rottweiler uh, on the show last week. Off the MySpace and the one tune that you play. Yeah. Well, this is off his album. This is called, uh, this is what I'm going to get on here. There were two songs I was going to choose from. I'll get on what you don't, whatever, what, what you choose to call home, I call hell. That's a big title.
go. So Ronnie, Ronnie Monroe off his solo record from 2009, The Fire Within. We put a lot more time into that band that the Metal Church is no longer. And uh, if you listen to last Wednesday's show, Between a Rock and a Hard Place, I played one of his earlier bands from the 80s called Rottweiler. They were a great band. Uh, yeah. yeah. What are you having a party over there? Am I interrupting you? <laughs> no. All right. They had a lot of people in the background. Dogs barking during the interview, people well, talking. What am I supposed to do? I don't have a garage. Excuse me. Uh, I don't have a garage either. I have a multi-million dollar broadcasting oh, facility. Excuse me. Well, provided by Block Talk Radio. I have a cordless phone and a laptop. All right. Well, we'll have to make do then. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? we got enough time for one more song, and it will be yes. I just want to remind everybody this Wednesday on the Wednesday Metal Matinee, it's another one of the year in metal shows. This is 1981 we're up to. We just started last month with the 80s, so we'll be playing all records by bands that put records out in 1981. We'll talk about some of the bands that formed that year. Uh, next Sunday, I know we got a show you're interested in. Uh, Ross the Boss will be calling in. We'll talk about his solo record and all his years in Man of War, and he's got a, a tour coming up with Raven, so we'll get into that also. And uh, we'll be closing out the month with here. I said it before. David Reese is going to be calling in the Sunday after that, and that will close out the month of August, and the show will be one year old then. Wow, one year, pretty, huh? One year pretty impressive, huh? Well, it's the first week of September. It'll be one year, but the year, the week we have Raven on. Raven will be our guest on our one-year anniversary show. Pretty amazing. Yeah, not bad. It goes by really quick, right? So let me see. We've got time for one more song. Maybe a, a quickie. I can throw a little quickie hardcore song at the end over there, but I'm going to do a little Vicious Rumors. I haven't played them in a long time in the show. Uh, I'm going to go down to the temple.
All right, a little vicious rumors with Down to the Temple. I want to thank my guest, Bruce Franklin, for calling in tonight. I really appreciate it. I want to thank everybody who's listening. Everybody came into the chat room. And in about two minutes when the show is over, head over to Sean Vinyl's show and listen to his REO special. He's going to be doing the Kinks this week. I got to thank my buddy Tommy for calling in tonight. His sister, his niece, his nephew, his five dogs, and all the other background noise that we heard on the show. Okay, that background noise that just was going on wasn't me. Okay. I don't know just want to thank everybody over there. And uh, I know somebody last week wanted to hear the plasmatics. How about we close out with a little plasmatics? All right. All right. A little Wendy O with tight black pants. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye, take- everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. I'll see you Wednesday at 1 p.m. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.